Hello friends, Jake J. Thomas here, bringing you another episode of the Dialogic Podcast on the road. Headed down to Seaside this morning for a photo shoot, and uh, it's going to start out at Counterpoint Coffee, cool little coffee shop at the base of Broadway, and I'm meeting Aaron Lyman there. We're going to go up to the mural at the top of Broadway to uh, check it out, take some photos, uh, look at the space, get some shots up there, and I'm just going to sort of plot out some ideas for the upcoming project, Facing Seaside. So that's what's happening today, and while I am driving down, I'm going to talk to you about three projects that are coming to fruition. First one, I did a podcast the other day, most of it got erased, Uh, but some of it remains, and it's entitled 13 Moons. And that was the first time that I really took a look back. So what happened is, as soon as the shutdown happened, uh, March 13th, it was Friday the 13th in California when the shutdown was announced, it really began the following Monday. And everything changed for everyone around the world massive historical shift unprecedented times and as a result I felt like everything got derailed the creative projects I was working on all became different the uh, half of my income evaporated immediately you know there were all these major changes that we had to adapt to on the fly and part of how I dealt with that whole transition was through hiking the therapeutic effects of hiking being outside getting fresh air getting exercise um getting photographs out in the landscape, studying the landscape. That was something that continued to be meaningful to me. And, but immediately I I felt like I wanted to do something that was not specific to Santa Cruz. You know, I have been doing a series, a long running series on Wilder. Uh, both the ranch and the the park and just kind of all that space I spent a lot of time in that space getting familiar with it but all of a sudden to me I, I wanted something that was more universal something that was more global and for me it was the moon and so I started a project that was very intentional to photograph the moon each month until the shutdown was over 
<clears throat> and so the first <clears throat> the first full moon had already passed. We were in the <clears throat> we were in a waning phase when the shutdown began. And so then the first full moon was really in April. And so I photographed each full moon and I did long exposure shots where I used the moon in a lot of different ways. And that's part of what the series is about, is this experiment that makes these surreal images through long exposure. But it was also, it was just my way of marking the time. Everything had changed as far as the way we experienced time. And so for me, it was really important to get outdoors, to get connected with the natural cycles of life. You know, what the birds were doing, what the deer were up to. That didn't change for them. Nothing changed for them. And so that was something that had a lot of power and uh, groundedness in the continuity of while everything else was changing, being in sort of timeless space of a natural setting of the wilderness was very invigorating and therapeutic for me. And photographing the moons was the project that I designed, that I chose, that I decided would fit the feeling the best. And that all ended... So the other thing I did is I started to blog like mad and I started to work out like mad. I, I, I got this wild workout going that I did every day for a couple hundred days in a row. I, I wrote an insane amount and I blogged every day for a hundred days in a row. So by the time the shutdown was over, I was busy. I had a lot of work lined up and so once I finished that series and it <clears throat> it ended up being 13 moons until businesses opened up enough for me to consider it over and that was, so that was April being the last moon and California officially reopened again in June but kids were back in school earlier than that and uh businesses were open you could go use businesses more frequently it wasn't it wasn't until june 15th i think that there was an official lift of the lockdown but it was really in april when things changed and so the way i mark that is the first big event that I attended was a 420 event in Silmar Valley down in Los Angeles area for the Dr. Green Thumbs 420 opening with Big Pete where he introduced the insane churro cookies with uh, Be Real and guys from Redline Genetics and DNA Genetics were there, and uh, Callie Blaze was there in the house, and 
it was an epic time. It was a sick event. And I was stoked to be there with Katie and Big Pete. And for me, that marked the end of the shutdown. So that was the 13 moons. And I have been putting together those images for a series of prints. And uh, I'm going to you know, have different ways to present it, but I'm going to do a little show. So I've been going through my old photographs. And in doing that... In doing that, there's been... I've had a few revelations. And it's, it's interesting to me. It's super interesting. One is... Either I'm not as ugly as I think I am or I photograph better than I look. Because as I'm looking back through the content that I've created and I see myself... I don't cringe. I kind of like it. And I'm not... That's very much at odds with generally how I think about myself and how I look. You know, I just, I think I'm an ugly guy. And uh, that's not like, all oh, boo-hoo, feel bad for me. I just, whatever, you know. Not all women want to be with a guy who's prettier than them. And so that's fine with me. You know, my aesthetic is my aesthetic. I'm not upset about it, but I just figured, eh, ugly end of the spectrum, bruh. But when I'm looking back through my content, that's not how it looks to me. So now it got me all confused. Like, am I okay looking or not? I don't know. But anyways, doesn't that doesn't even really matter to me. But it was kind of just a trip to see myself better than I think of myself and so I don't know if that's like a body dysmorphia thing or whatever but that's also kind of the value of that type of reflection you know I'm just happy that it was to the positive (laughs) but yeah that was a strange thing about going through my my photographs and then maybe it's also just that this past year has been rough on how we look so maybe that's what it is is like I've just definitely aged more this past year than any other year before but who cares you know whatever just happy to be alive baby happy to be alive and thriving on my way down to see siding and uh, having that series coming together so right now I am up to November. I got December, January, February, March, and April to go. And once I have that all put together, I will present it in different ways. It'll be on my website. I'll share it with you. Um, It'll be prints available. And I'm going to do a bunch of cool experimental different kinds of prints with it. But uh, more to come on that. I'll be doing that at the Weston Collective in January. So, 13 moons. My answer to the shutdown. My way of remembering that time. My way of keeping track of time during that time. My way of expressing the surreality of that time. I hope you enjoy it. 
and uh, you know I think part of what I like about it and going through it is there's an interesting graphic element in the repetition of the moon and in the images where I blur the light or draw with the light or repeat the moon several times with blurred light between all the all of those different things the surreal elements to it give you one mode of looking at it where you're looking at not just through a window to the world but you're looking at an expression of a feeling about the world and and so it just kind of shifts the way that you look at all of the pieces but then the other pieces I think because there is that layer of surreality when there is a photograph not not all of them I use that technique on some of them right now it's becoming very difficult to narrow down some of them I have a few contenders still and as I'm you know editing them in black and white and when I save the JPEG I put a white frame around it and that helps to see it even more you know it's the thing about working on photographs whether they're you know what it, it, you, you got to keep seeing them fresh one of the ways you can do that is you edit the photograph and send it to your phone and then you look at the image on your phone that's going to show you your image brand new And uh, in doing that, you can kind of see it the way other people would see it, like by sending it to yourself. Uh, But putting a frame around it helps to see it fresh. And putting them, pulling them all out of their their context, which is, you know, I would I have projects I would be shooting every day that would lead up to the moon shot and choosing the one or two best photographs from the series of photographs I would do especially because I was being very experimental so you know a lot of the photographs didn't work and finding the ones that work the best and then putting together a series so that they work together uh, is a great challenge and very interesting but part of what I've noticed is that in the black and white the silvery tones in the images where you don't have that blurred effect the surreal effect it's really pleasing to enter into the space and kind of imagine walking around in it and so where that window effect is allowed it is very inviting and nice so overall I'm very happy with the series and looking forward to sharing that with you I'm going to do some merch with it as well I want to do some shirts some mugs some stickers not sure what else but I want to I want to get that image, those images out there in a bunch of different ways because they look cool, different sizes and different combinations. 
13 moons, baby. 13 moons coming soon to a screen near you and then hopefully to your wall, to your closet, all the above. Get it every way you can. It's Jake J. Thomas production, my friends. So what else is going on? Facing Seaside starting in 2022. That's a few days away. And I am excited to say it's looking good, baby. Looking really good. So the project is going to be one that unfolds over time and is facilitated with the help of both the Arts Council and Seaside City. Uh, And the interesting thing about this project, I think, is that we are attempting to document some of the changes and to uh, have fun and express and experiment with the space before it changes. Um, But also, we want to try to help people who care about Seaside to preserve or to promote things about Seaside that they want to remain or would like to have improve. And so it's kind of a civic engagement art project. And it's going to have a blog component. It's going to have a video component. And it's going to have a photograph, fine art photography component with an exhibition of photographs. So we're going to be working with four businesses to begin with in the first phase. And I think that is really just the first month or two probably just the first month of 2022 so we're going to be looking for funding for the subsequent months right now we have a small grant that's kick-started our project and so we're going to be looking for more funding to continue that project but uh the first four businesses we're going to be choosing the, uh, the first four organizations be a business, a church, the fire station, and who knows, we'll see what the other one will be. But that's going to be a fun and interesting collaboration between myself and Zach Weston. Really looking forward to that. And then what is the third project? Becoming Shakespeare, baby. <clears throat> a series of portraits that are taken uh, while I am coaching the model, the actor, into a series of emotions based on a scenario from a play by Shakespeare. And so I want to get that going again in 2022. So if you know any aspiring actors or actresses out there, there's a whole lot of different things I want to do. Um, for the most part, I want to work. I want to focus on the comedies. I want to focus on, but 
I am also interested in doing the tragedies, but with some role reversal, maybe role reversals throughout. You know, I think that that's part of what will be interesting just about this project, just to get people to use their imagination. You know, it doesn't have to be an impressive performance, but that's why the photographs will be cool and what they are, because it's just a, it's a way to get people unselfconscious about what they're up to. But I started reading Richard II, and that is the first play of the, they call it the Henry Tetriad. It's a four-play sequence. It starts with Richard II, and in that opening scene, Richard II is uh, hearing a case. He's settling a dispute between two dukes, and one of them is his cousin, and that is Bolingbroke, and that will become Henry the Fourth. And but it's interesting because so there's this ceremonious display, it's almost like a court scene, it is a court scene, where both sides are presenting their case before the king, and then they decide they're going to have a joust, a duel to the death, to decide who gets to, well, who gets to live, and they, they, it's very, very interesting the way that they go through these uh, ceremonious speeches and the way they talk, the way they use deference to power, um, but also just the, the animosity, the hatred, the anger, the ire, and the willingness to murder uh, another man and to stand in the front of power and to express that desire and then to show up to fulfill that desire and so they show up and they're about to duel and then Richard at the last second calls it off and says both of you idiots are out of here for even daring to shed royal blood because his cousin being related to the king is uh, also has royal blood in him and so therefore is connected to divinity and therefore it would be criminal and a sin to willingly shed that blood and so the king blames both of them he banishes Mowbray forever he banishes Bolingbroke for 10 years and he shortens the sentence out of pity for his father now that's just how the play begins but I was thinking how in reading those parts how relatable it all is and I guess the uh, the way the story plays out uh Richard II 
loses his power. He's dethroned. And so this is the moment when he makes the fatal mistake that leads to his downfall. He should have let Bolingbroke either kill Homeboy or he should have... His indecision led to his decline. And so that's an interesting observation. But as I was reading all the different parts, they're all so relatable in terms of the code of honor among men in our culture. Although it's not a duel to the death, I feel like we have this same kind of insane idea about honor and respect and that's how power is taken and power is grabbed and power is uh, you know consolidated through alliances that are due to these displays of courage and defiance and 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 the willingness to risk death and to deliver death you know to so it's just an interesting um, it resonates archetypically ancestrally with me when I read it and I wonder if that is just particular to who I am or if there's a gender component to that or what exactly is going on with that and so one thing that I'm curious is if a woman read that, how different that might be. And so that's going to be one of the things that I am going to test out is I'm going to see if there are any women out there who want to give that a shot. So anyways, I am here in Seaside now. I'm going to sign out for now. This is Jake J. Thomas. Until later, peace. Hello, friends. I'm back driving north on the one. After a great day in Seaside and Carmel. This is Jake J. Thomas bringing you another episode of the Dialogic Podcast on the road. Sun just set and the clouds are looking glorious uh, little pink highlights over bluish uh, bluish purple what's the right word um, lavender they're lavender these clouds big billowy lavender clouds set off against the salmon sky with little highlights of pink starting to fade as the light shifts well I went to Seaside and met up with Aaron and we did a photo shoot at the firehouse and a division fire chief came out and talked to us so we got some of the backstory behind the mural what that was about when it was painted and who the people are who are pictured. Now the events are different, but the all of the faces are actually firefighters. And that was cool to find out. Cool to find out. But we did some really funny photos 
interacting with the figures. So we had Erin sit down like she was one of the kids learning from the fire chief on the left corner of the mural. We had her act like she was getting impaled by the shovel in the center of the fire scene. We had her pretend like she was running from the fire engine. And all of that was fun and funny and, you know, created positive energy, which then when the fire chief came out, there we were taking photographs and laughing. We weren't laughing at the mural, even though it is a funny mural in some ways. Uh, But more we were just trying to be funny and having fun doing just silly things with the mural. Sometimes you got to lighten up, loosen up a little bit. And uh, then we also went up to the water tanks been wanting to shoot from up there for a while and got a great view of all of seaside it was a beautiful day clear mid 50s sunny 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 and wonderful then i went to carmel after that and did some scouting for santa cruz fish co looking for restaurants that might want to use their pristine protein, the sustainable king salmon that comes from New Zealand, from Mount Cook, Alpine Salmon. And uh, it's the best salmon that I've ever tasted and trying to get it into as many restaurants as possible so that people here along the central coast can enjoy delicious, sustainable salmon. And so I went and walked the entirety of Carmel. I basically walked every block, you know, and uh, it's not that big, so it's pretty easy to do. But what a what an awesome, beautiful, fun place Carmel is. You know, it's kind of a... It's built on a slope. <clears throat> Ocean Avenue, 6th and 7th Avenue, run directly up from the ocean. And Ocean is pretty steep. So you see lots of people huffing and puffing, walking up the hills. Just past a hawk on my way. And... Uh, but it's just the, the way the light hits through the long streets, the proximity of the ocean. It's a gorgeous little town. And wow, just falling in love with Monterey and Carmel and Seaside and Marina. And also... to Pebble Beach today. Dropped off a couple of cards at the lodge. Now, Pebble Beach is an interesting place. Obviously, a lot of money out there. And it's 
fun. You know, it's like a Disneyland for grown-ups. Just golf courses and restaurants and people enjoying the day. Now, I wish everybody could get in there and enjoy that, and that would be awesome. But it is just an amazing kind of a thing that you can see. If you want to see what money can buy, head out to Pebble Beach. And and then head over to Carmel by the Sea. And you're going to see some of the most beautiful views and the most beautiful homes you could ever imagine. So, that's what that is. That's what that is, my friends wonderful place and tomorrow is New Year's Eve so we are getting close to the end of the year my friends which makes me happy not because the year is ending but because the new year is beginning and I love beginnings I love fresh starts I love optimism and ambition and getting after it. You know, I'm really hoping that we power through this next wave of the pandemic and don't shut down, but instead find the courage and the strength to keep everything up, running, and open. We need to get back on our feet, folks. And we need to get back on our feet fast. You know, some people are are doing fine. But I feel like collectively, we could be doing better. That's always the case. And who knows, maybe this is better. But just in general, I know that there is a lot of pent-up desire and a lot of frustration and anxiety and uncertainty and the thing that does the best job of getting rid of those feelings for me is simply getting after it getting to work the only real freedom comes from discipline lesson that I believe and it's one that I first started to think about uh, thanks to Jocko Willink And that confirmed something that I had always believed in my art, which is that practice gives you the ability to flow, which is freedom. And it's the same in life. It's the same in work. And so practicing, getting better at what we're doing, you know, taking it seriously. We've had a nice, wonderful little break. It was rainy a lot. We got a lot of snow in the mountains. And now... We're facing the new year. We've got water in California. We've got two very cold months to get through. And then it's going to get nice. And I'm sure it'll be nice even in those months. It's just going to be cold. But not nearly as cold as other places. So we're going to take advantage of it here as we always do. Central Coast, California one of the happiest and healthiest places in the world because people just love to get outside and get after it. We have uh, mountains and the beach. We've got bikes. We've got surfing. We've got 
all kinds of fun activities to do outside. And I can't wait to see you out there enjoying yourself in the great outdoors, sipping in that fresh air, my friends. That truly is something that I enjoy and even just having a few days stuck inside with the rain refreshed my appreciation for how wonderful it is just to be outside in the fresh air enjoying the sun what else is going on I was talking earlier about the three projects that I'm putting together those will be up Shortly, something fun to share with you. And that's 13 Moons, the beginning of Facing Seaside, and Becoming Shakespeare. Three different series, all totally unique. And 13 Moons is done. I just need to finish editing and put them together and make the prints. So that's feeling really good I'm looking forward to checking in with everyone at the brands that I work with hopefully everybody's gotten a good rest good break and hopefully you have too wherever you are out there wishing you the best happiness health and wealth for the new year this is Jake J. Thomas bringing you Another episode of the Dialogic Podcast on the road. Till next time, till next year, signing out from here. On the road, heading north, Jake J. Thomas. Peace.